Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. But come on, man. Come on, Nick Chubbs. You lost a lot of people, a lot of money. Was this the time, no, the game was, I was going to say, was this the time I was watching the Orange County Housewives doing this movie? <laughs> we lost you on Football Sunday. Lost me County on Football Sunday. You know that, Zubin? It's easy to that's get sad. distracted, Zubin. Well, Jay and I watched the Real Housewives of New Jersey. That's kind of more I our was, event, right? So. No, I, I watched about three and a half hours of that yesterday morning. What? How did you get on Because I had, I had the baby, and we were sitting there, and she fell asleep, and I just, there was nothing on. Like, there was just nothing, and I kept... I got tired of watching killing movies, you know what I mean, shows, ID Network and Snapped and all that on Oxygen. So I was like, I went to Bravo. I was like, oh, it started off with the Atlanta Housewives, and they get to arguing and stuff. Then I said, well, let me find even more of a train wreck. And so I just waited for the Orange County Housewives. That's the boy. I watched, <laughs> and, and that's what I we stopped watched, talking about. I watched three and a half hours, four hours of the Zubin. You binge watched that? I just sat there and watched it. Just It's interesting. You know, it's just like, they're putting a lot of things together out there. You it's, know? Oh, well, that too. Yeah, they're yeah, putting a lot of things certainly together. Certainly was buying a lot. So while he <laughs> like, was wow, watching. does that belong with that? How do you max that piece? One face was like, wait what? a minute. That doesn't look like her <laughs> there. <laughs> Well, wait a minute. She said she was 18. Now you go from 18. You don't look like the transformation was way different. Happens very quickly. A lot of surgeries. That's all I can tell you. So Keith spent three and a half hours watching the Housewives. A lot of people spent about three, three and a half hours watching this crazy game between the Texans and the Browns. And we'll tell you what Jay was so crazy about here at the top, particularly with Nick Chubb. So essentially, it's a three nothing game for a long time. Weather delayed the game. 35, 37 minute delay. There was some really nasty weather out there. And essentially, you got a good situation here with the Browns rolling in. They're going to win the game, and they're going in for a game-winning score. They're up. It's not a big deal. They've got about a little over a minute to go, and Nick Chubb busts one for appears to be 60 yards, right? Yeah. It ends up being a 59-yard run. A 59-yard run. By the way, the score at this point was 10-7 for the Browns. The score. So he just walks out of bounds at the one. It was seen as a smart play in the moment because it allowed the Browns to essentially kneel, run out the clock, and win 10-7. Here's the only problem, Jay. The spread on the game was... Oh, I know what the spread was. Three and a (laughs) half for Cleveland. The margin ended up being 10-7 at three points. I want to mention, let's just say Chubb had gone into the end zone hypothetically and Uh cleared it. Uh It obviously makes the game at minimum, at minimum... 16-7. 16-7. That's still a two-possession game. There's a buck yeah, seven exactly. left. Man, I'm There's, scoring. So I'm like, score the ball. There's no way the Texans are scoring twice in one. I'm not even thinking about the betters in Vegas and all. Oh, a lot I'm, of people were. Don't worry, but I was not, on it. I'm scoring regardless. <laughs> right. You know how hard I work for that? But think you about want what, me to slide. Man, I'm going e- in. Evan what? hits us with the text, though, Zubin, and he's like, hey, guys, I'm like, man, I stopped betting on the Browns like in week four. I'm done, I've been done with the Browns for all, but my friends were mad. Yeah, yesterday. but Jay and I were talking during the break. Do you remember a few weeks ago when Todd Gurley scored that touchdown? Uh-huh. accidentally for the uh-huh. Falcons, leaving the Lions some time to go down and win the game yeah, but on the final did. play. But that's a different situation. I understand, though. but... Yeah, it's a different situation. You got to know the situation that you're in. Nick Chubb certainly could have scored with no problem at all. That's why I don't I don't understand why Kevin Stefanski and, and Baker Mayfield told him to go out of bounds. I just don't... Right. Because in that situation, what if you Herm Edwards and you fumble? Mm. Now, all of a sudden, you the Philadelphia... I mean, you the New York Giants and you fumble... 
trying to kneel down. Are you taking us back to the late 70s here? I'm just <laughs> saying. And Hearn picks it up and goes the other way. Like the miracle at the Meadowlands? The, the miracle at the Meadowlands. What if you fall in that situation? Trying to be cute. Man, let that dude score, man. What do you, you think? You have my two scores with, with about 40 seconds to go. Basically, yeah. If they come back with 40 seconds to go down by two scores, you deserve to lose. <laughs> That's fair, too. You run the ball in the end zone. It's not even a question for me. I mean, if I get, if I get open, it, it's... You know, it's like this thing almost in basketball. If you have a chance to go up, you know, multiple possessions, I'm going to go up multiple possessions. Yeah, I'm going to take the ball down. I'm going to dunk the ball. I like, it's, you finish the game all the way through. I don't understand why they told him to slide down. Maybe they just want to get into a habit of, of doing that or something. I don't know. Now, keep in mind, that is the question you want to know after he scored. Here's what head coach Kevin Stefanski told Chubb before the big play. You know, the play by Nick there at the end is uh, indicative of the type of person player he is you know we told him hey get the first and uh game's over go down we have a code word for that and he said yes sir <laughs> and uh ripped down the sideline there and just did his job and, and you know we're looking for smart tough dudes and, yeah, and nick chubb is that that's all fine and daddy right. cute and everything and he's a smart guy i get it but man let that dude score man all right because anything could happen sure what if you get underneath the center you want to six Tight diamond, kill the clock. And you want to kneel down, four downs, and get out of there. Victory formation. Vi- victory formation. What if he fumbles? You, you, I'd rather score than fumble. I agree with you. Like I just, nine, especially. And so, but here's nine. the thing, too. Here's what, Nick Chubb is walking away from that game saying, okay, great. I'll get praise. I, I did the right thing by Oh, that's coach. fine. I that's get fine, it. That's fine. But at the end of the day, man, like, these are things. That I deserve that. I deserve to have a touchdown off that possession. If it was a situation where – the time would have allowed uh, them to come back. I could certainly see sliding down, getting the first down. Sure. But he went untouched, so you might as well just go ahead and walk into the end zone. One thing I want to bring up with you, Key, you were hot on this yesterday when we were all talking about the games. Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb collectively rushed for 230 yards, 168 in the second half. Whether you're up 3 nothing, the ability to salt away a game, particularly yeah. as the weather gets bad in Cleveland and other places around the league, is going to be great. But in many ways, that running back combination – was what they're trying to win with, taking some pressure off of Baker Mayfield. Yes. And I know you really had some thoughts on where Baker being drafted is essentially why the pressure is so great. Yeah, well, it is. When you're the number one overall pick, the pressure mounts. You know, and, and Jay, number two pick in basketball, the pressure is there. People expect for you to be the savior, at, especially at the quarterback position. And I think being that their style is different than what they wanted to do when they drafted him at the old regime is totally different now. They want to run the football. They want to play action pass, and they want to keep everything nice and safe and play defense. Baker Mayfield, if this if this was this year's draft or, or this uh, organization with this coaching staff and this general manager when Baker Mayfield came out, mm-hmm. he wouldn't have been the number one overall pick. Mm-hmm. He just wouldn't have. Cleveland and John Dorsey and, and Hugh Jackson had a philosophy in mind that Baker fit, so they took him as the number one guy. They could have very easily – Traded out of that number one overall pick, drafted a bunch, got more players and more draft capital, and still picked him at four if they really wanted to. Because remember, they took Denzel Ward at four, which turned out to be a shutdown corner for them, but they could have taken Denzel Ward or a shutdown corner any other position or any other place in the draft and still got a quarterback, whether it was Josh Allen, whether it was Lamar Jackson or anybody at four. They didn't have to take him at one. They took him at one because that's what they liked. I don't think Kevin Stefanski 
and the general manager, Barry, would have done that if this was them three years ago. Can I defend Baker just a little bit? I, I, I think your overall point is correct, obviously, uh, with being the first pick, a lot of pressure for a guy like that, and I agree with your comments. Keep, I mean, but the last two games, the condition weather-wise has been horrible. But, yeah. like, the Raiders, horrible weather conditions. And, and once again, this game got delayed due to weather conditions, crazy winds. Are we getting into a place where now we're even breaking down Baker Mayfield even more in games that they win? Like, is, well, is that not, where we're going with him now? It's not, it's not really breaking him down. It's really about the value for Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns where they selected him as the number one. I hear you pick. on that. Yeah, that makes it, sense. It, but. It, it's just what they're doing. Okay, so when you draft a guy number one overall at the quarterback spot, you want that guy, that Peyton Manning, that Cam Newton, that Matt Ryan at number two, or Michael Vick at number one, to take the ball and everything is built around that quarterback, what they want to do with the quarterback and throwing the football. That's what Cleveland wanted to do under Hugh Jackson and John Dorsey. With Kevin Stefanski, that's not what they want to do. They want to build their team around the running game and around defense and allow Baker to hit two to three throws a game that make a difference. So when it comes time for contract time, now you get into that, uh-oh, what do we do? Do we pay him the market value of a starting quarterback in the National Football League, even though we're not asking him to throw the ball 35 times a game? Mm. Do we still do we give him $30 million plus like some of the other quarterbacks that are out there that they're asking to throw the ball 30, Carson Wentz, Jared Goff, that Prescott when he gets healthy. I mean, you have the Aaron answer, Rodgers. The answer is easy to that. It's, it's no, right? And nobody, you don't think he would warrant that on the Matt marketplace? Matt Ryan went third. I'll clean that up. Not two. I thought he went two. Who the, went two? We can Who look it up. on that draft? We can look it up. That was almost 13 years ago, but we'll yeah. look it up for you. My but, mind has been I, banged up since then a little bit. But I guess the question, Key, would be, <laughs> I mean, you obviously you make him an offer, but I mean you have to think that the marketplace wouldn't make him an absurd offer either, considering they're seeing the same thing. Jake Long, Chris Long, Matt Ryan. Um, there you go. You 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 think about it, but think about what I'm saying. Baker Mayfield was drafted as the number one overall pick to be the face of the organization, which he's to, done. He's on every commercial. Push, <laughs> what is true? To, to true. basically push the ball down the field. The trading of OBJ, trading for OBJ, Landry. They they wanted to build a explosive offense. Then they hired Kevin Stefanski, whose philosophy is run the football, play defense, and every now and then one or two throws for my quarterback that make a difference in the game. There's no question about it. We should mention you mentioned Wentz. It's a battle of struggling picks at the top of the draft. Philadelphia with Wentz, obviously. Going number two overall, looking to find his footing. Baker going number one overall in his draft, looking to find his footing. They will meet Sunday in Cleveland. And as Jay said, we can only hope the weather will be a little better than it was. You want to pay? You want to yesterday. pay forty million dollars for twelve for twenty for one hundred and thirty-two yards? I don't. I don't want to pay forty million dollars for either one of those two that Zubin just mentioned. I like one thirty-two on the ground, not so much in the air. On the way, a tale of two days. For two Heisman Trophy winners that went in two different directions. That's next on Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Zubin. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? 
You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. And that's the big story yesterday in Cleveland. They win a game, but for some in Las Vegas, they didn't win by as many as they needed to. We got into it before. It's disrespectful. It's horrible. (laughs) I've never seen anything like it. But the Browns get it done there. Top of mind again. Heard all of that on 850 WKNR there in Cleveland. Let's welcome in Dan Orlovsky, ESPN football analyst, a dozen years in the league. Dan, great to have you with us. As always, he joins us on Monday morning. Bottom line is this, Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb, in, in my opinion, for whatever that's worth, and maybe it's not worth much, that's the NFL's best running combination, I think, when they're healthy. They ran for 230 yards yesterday, 168 in the uh, second half when they had the opportunity to salt it away. So when you put the ball in the hands of those two guys and you have your number one overall pick in Baker Mayfield, what does that tell you about the way Stefanski, Kevin Stefanski, their first-year head coach, is running the offense? Yeah, I mean, the offense right now, it looks scared to put the game into Baker Mayfield's hands. There's a difference between being a run-centric team and being a pass-feared team. Mm -hmm. And you can tell me all you want with your words what you think of a player, but you really tell me what you think of them by the way you call the game. Z, their first three or four first down plays of the game yesterday were passes, and they were all completions by Baker Mayfield. Five minutes into the game, that was the story. They did not throw... More than one first down pass after that. Meaning, through, first, through the first five minutes of that game yesterday, they threw the ball on first down three times. After that, they did it once for the rest of the game. This is a 3 nothing game for most of the game. So, really good run game. We know they both have, they, they have two really good backs. But the fact that they are so unwilling to throw the ball, you know, on kind of those really advantageous downs tells me that they're scared to put the game into Baker Mayfield's hands, especially early on in downs. Dan, from Baker Mayfield to my favorite quarterback from Oklahoma who replaced Baker Mayfield (laughs) in Kyler Murray, what did you make of the Hail Mary pass to uh, DeAndre Hopkins? Yeah, Key, so watching that game yesterday, it was just bigger than the Hail Mary for me because my brain was going back to like two years ago when everyone was going like, you're absolutely insane to draft a kid that's only like 5'10 to play quarterback in the NFL the year after you drafted a quarterback 10th in Josh Rosen. Everyone's like, you can't do that. And the, the, the Cardinals do it because he's this really this transcending, this elevating, this organizational elevating type of player. Just watching that game in the 4 o'clock window on Sunday was, was telling me that. And then the, the Hail Mary, listen, that's a ridiculously great catch. It is as equally a ridiculously great throw by Kyler Murray. I mean, him moving to his left as a righty quarterback, full speed to his left, having to make somebody miss, like out in space, having to make that defensive end miss, and then full speed, flip my hips, and somehow get that ball off, and to be accurate with it, like so often that ball gets thrown out of the back of the end zone or thrown out of the the 
the, the kind of the sideline because your momentum's taking you one way. Like in that moment, I thought to myself, that is the reason why you made that decision to take Kyler Murray because he can do things that you just can't understand or really that don't don't make a ton of sense. Well, right now, where is he in your MVP race? All right, right now in my MVP race, I'd probably have him three. I'd go Mahomes, Rodgers, Murray. Uh, I'd probably put Allen, Brady, Russell. No Big Ben? Nah, Big Ben's there for me a little bit, but like, I can't put it Big Ben in my MVP race right now. Just the style of offense that they're playing, you know, it's it's so catch and throw, catch and throw, and he's he's being super efficient with it, but it's all about catching and throwing and kind of um, playing horizontal football. I don't know if they're tasking him to make a ton of, like, super difficult big-time throws. Mm. Dio, a couple of weeks ago we had Russell Wilson was at the top of the charts for a lot of people in their MVP yeah. race. I just heard you mention him sixth. Um, yeah. Why is he trending in this negative direction? What is going on in Seattle? Yeah, he's had a bad month. I have a take on this that a lot of people don't agree with, but, like, I just know this. When you have to play that spot and you're going to the game going, okay, I got I got to go, I got to score 30, right? They have a historically bad defense right now. That played better yesterday, yes, but, like, your thought process is I have absolutely no run game and I got to score 30 points for us to win. You start making poor decisions. I mean, Russell Wilson is notorious for being one of the better decision makers in the NFL. And this season, or at least this past month, it's like he seems to just be so um, pressing the issue of trying to make up for what's not a very good roster, what's not a very good football team, and making some uncharacteristically bad decisions. And I just think it's this pressure of like, I've got to play such perfect football. It's not all that different than what Dak Prescott was doing at the beginning of the season. Now, Dak started off hot and didn't have those turnovers like Russell did. But Russell is just so trying to make up for the deficiencies of their football team that he's making some uncharacteristically poor decisions. And it's really starting to hurt their team kind of in the reverse fashion that he's trying to, in, in many ways, trying to help the team. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin is presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join us on the Shells Pinsall Performance Line. Dan, one in three Michigan and Jim Harbaugh, what should they do with him? Move on. I mean, you, someone's got to tell me why they would keep Coach Harbaugh. Like, at the end of the day, he was brought there for a couple things, Key, to be dominant in recruiting. That's not happening. To develop an offense that was, you know, like outstanding at the college football level, that's not happening. They got really bad quarterback play ever since he's gone there. So I'd ask this question, Key, like someone in Big Ten country or in college football world, Point to the teams in the Big Ten that you can definitively say Michigan is better right now or that it looks like their future is better. I don't know, like Illinois maybe, Rutgers, but you can't sit here and tell me that they look better now or in the future or better in the future than Michigan State. Absolutely not. Wisconsin, absolutely not. Northwestern, absolutely not. Ohio State, nope. Indiana, so who who in the Big Ten is like not forget college football? Who in the Big Ten can you point to and say Michigan is in a better place now and moving forward because of Jim Harbaugh? And I think there's two teams, Illinois and Rutgers. Jeez. That says a lot. Keep in mind Dan spent a dozen years playing quarterback in the league. Harbaugh spent fourteen, and clearly I think Dan is saying 
that Jim would be better off back in the National Football League. Great, strong stuff. We'll see Dan on Get Up later this morning with Greeny and Company on ESPN. Dan, thank you very much. All right, Danny. Appreciate you guys. You got it. So let me give you a little context here on what's next for Michigan. They're playing at Rutgers. Jay, obviously, the gambling guy knows. Right now, Rutgers is only, only an eight-point underdog. Right? What? They're only an eight-point <laughs> underdog. They're playing, last, at they're playing at Rutgers. This says more wow. about fans, Michigan no fans. than anything. Limited fans, Limited barely fans. anything there. Barely anything. Keep this in mind. In 2016, wow. and I know it's a matter of just four years of recruiting cycle, but Harbaugh was there in 2016. Think about this for a second. In 2016... Michigan defeated Rutgers. This is not a joke. 78 nothing. 78 nothing. I remember. 78 nothing in 2016. You look upset right now. Well, it's expected. It's expected. <laughs> you look real mad, nostrils flaring. <laughs> Four years later, these teams are playing. Rutgers has basically been same the same level. team, right? And now it's an eight point game. Four years ago, it was a 78 point win, and now they're an eight point underdog. You know what's so crazy about the Michigan Rutgers, New Jersey thing? Go ahead. Is Michigan's has come into oh, New Jersey and just grab a bunch of players to go back to Ann Arbor and play. I yeah. think that's over with now, though. Rashawn Gary, uh, Jabril Peppers yeah. are two guys that certainly yeah. seem to come to mind. So what do you think? Uh, essentially, Orlovsky saying, look, I mean, he's done. I, I, he's but cooked. I've been saying this from the, since the beginning of the season, and you guys can back me up on this. He belongs in the National Football League. His, his, it, and when, you, when you deal in the college football world, in the college circle, you have to recruit a certain way. Mm-hmm. And you can't play games when you recruit. He's a he's a major game player with people's families and their kids when he's recruiting. So that word gets out across the country. Why guys go there and then they have such horrible experiences. If you look at the the players that have signed with Michigan since Harbaugh's been there and decided to leave Mm -hmm. because of Harbaugh. Lengthy list. The the list is so long. Whether they left early to go to the pros because they were just tired of him or they left to transfer to go to other schools because they were tired of him. If you look at his coaches, especially on the offensive and defensive side, they flip-flop every year. I mean, it's like he has a new staff, it feels like, every single year because he wears – them out. And both coordinators are under a tremendous amount of heat. Josh Gaddis, they're not moving the ball on offense. That was supposed to be a young, hot hire. And Don Brown, I don't want to get too geeky here, Key. Don Don, you know, because you follow college football, one of the most acclaimed defensive coordinators in really, recent He's college a really good history. defensive coordinator but when he plays man-to-man, but, but they don't have any man-to-man guys. He's a, he's a man-to-man, in-your-face, every single down defensive coordinator. But they don't have those guys. Those David Longs are now in the, in the National Football League. Rashawn Gary is gone. And they haven't been able to replace those guys. Jabril Preppers is gone. He plays for the Giants now. And you know what? We're, we're seeing something that happens on a professional level that happens sometimes at the collegiate level, even though it's not as, it's, it's not as often that it happens in the pros. But look, you may not have the talent key. A lot of people may have left. But you can still see when players actually want to play for a coach. Absolutely. Like, there's something about, like, we may have the talent, but we're still going to have the dog in the fight. We're still going to fight. There's no dog in that fight anymore. You know, Shay gone. Shea Patterson transferred from Ole Miss a couple years ago and yes. was supposed to, you know, uh, thrive under Jim Harbaugh in that system. And nothing. Nothing. Zero. Nothing. Nothing. Didn't turn out to. It, so think about it. I recruited all these guys, McCaffrey, and you name it, a whole bunch of different quarterbacks that have come to Michigan, 
and then all of a sudden Shea Patterson becomes available, you basically kick them to the side and you start Shea Patterson in front of him when you promised them everything when you recruited them. That, that's the issues that you get with Jim Harbaugh. Jake Rudock, John O'Corn, Shea Patterson, Joe Milton, Dylan McCaffrey you mentioned. Dylan uh, McCaffrey. The, br- the brother of Christian McCaffrey. Those are just not the type of quarterbacks you expect to see from a guy that played the quarterback <laughs> position. Quickly, can I just mention to Jay's point, Jay, listen to this quote when you were talking about the dog in the fight and do they mm-hmm. really want to be there. After the game, Saturday, Harbaugh, quote, the players who have pride have pride in their own personal performance and who want to fight like hell for Michigan. That's essentially saying what he's trying to find. Are there any guys on the roster that can encapsulate that for us? Well, nobody wants to fight for Michigan because nobody wants to fight for him. And right now he is Michigan. Like, That's like the way I, it works out, unfortunately. Like I said, they learn a lot about you, man, in, in the college football circles. It's, it's huge. And when, when that buzz starts going around about how you recruit and how you deal with players, here's a, here's a true story. This isn't fake. There's a kid named Deontay Burnett who plays for the Philadelphia Eagles now and who went to USC, a receiver. Mm-hmm. He decommitted from Washington State, right, and committed to Michigan, sight unseen. Got on, like, sight unseen. Got on the plane, went to Michigan, got there, was with Harbaugh and everything, a student, like 4.0, just everything. He can get any school in America that he wants to get into. Michigan, great school. He decommitted from Washington State, goes to Michigan, Harbaugh sees him, gets back on the plane, Back to Los Angeles. Okay. Now, mind you, decommitted from Washington State. Right. Then all of a sudden, he gets to L.A. Harbaugh tells him, uh, you know, we can't get you in the school here in Michigan academically. Everybody was like, what do you mean you can't get? He get in any school in the country academically. He just decided he wanted to go with another receiver mm-hmm. instead of telling the kid who now decommitted from a school and he's sitting in L.A. with no scholarship. But then late T. Martin came in and offered him a scholarship to USC late. He was stuck on the streets because he decommitted from a school and committed to another school. And Jim Harbaugh wasn't man enough to tell him, hey, we're going to go with another receiver. Instead, he tells the kid he can't get into school. And don't think that's not being passed around true. on the recruiting trail in Southern true. California. true. I didn't make that up. No doubt about it. That stuff doesn't stay secret. People no. are talking about that, and it's cost him some recruits. Wisconsin was more driven on Saturday night against Michigan. That's pretty clear. If you watched, oh, I don't know, just the first half, it was pretty much over at that point. First quarter. Yeah, that's fair, too. Yeah, I more can't driven, watch that football. Brought Sorry. to you by Goodyear, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear, more driven. We'll talk more about Harbaugh with Paul Feinbaum, his biggest critic, coming up here in just one hour on Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin Key's observations are on the way. But first, SportsCenter. Murray back to throw, flushed out, rolling left in trouble, slips a tackle, got to launch it. He does. Left side, into the end zone, jump ball, and it is. Is it caught? Is it caught? Oh, my goodness, it's caught. DeAndre Hopkins caught it. He caught it for a touchdown with one second left. I can't believe it. You've got to be joking me. Hopkins reaches up with three defenders around him and pulls it in. And the Cardinals lead it 32 to 30 with a second left. And Dave Pash on Arizona Sports 98.7, the voice, 98.7 FM, the voice of the Cardinals. They would go on to win it by that score after one of the greatest endings in recent NFL history. Was it a better throw by Kyler Murray or a better catch by DeAndre Hopkins coming down in triple coverage with three Buffalo defenders draped around him? It's the first game winning Hail Mary. 
in the NFL since Aaron Rodgers found Richard Rodgers back in 2015. Might remember that. That was against the Lions on Thursday night football. From Thursday night football five years ago to Monday night football tonight. Vikings, Bears. Stop me if you've heard this stat before. Vikings quarterback Kirk Cousins just can't get it done on Monday night football. 0-9 in his career. So when the lights shine the brightest, the lights go off for Cousins. But the real story might be the Bears offense. Offensive coordinator Bill Lazor is taking over play-calling duties from head coach Matt Nagy. Nagy making the announcement late last week. The Bears obviously need some sort of spark. We'll see if the play-calling duty shifting hands will provide it. And Dustin Johnson provided us with the greatest performance in Masters history. The numbers say to 20 under par. He wins. He had four bogeys in four days. Had a pair of 65s on the card. And now he's won a pair of major championships. The 2020 Masters to go along with the 2016 U.S. Open. With Tiger Woods, the defending champion, putting that green jacket on Dustin Johnson. Quite emotional. He said it was a dream come true. Sports Center is brought to you by Merrill When questions find you, Merrill Edge Self-Directed Investing has personalized tools and insights to help you find answers. Get started at MerrillEdge.com slash within reach. Merrill Lynch, Pierce, Fenner, and Smith Incorporated registered broker-dealer member SIPC. And it is time for Key's Observations. And we will begin with a guy that we weren't exactly sure was even going to play yesterday. Bengals at Steelers. Well, when you look at it, you talk about a guy that we wasn't sure about playing is Big Ben Roethlisberger. He didn't practice all week long, but yet and still, he went out there and did a tremendous job at beating the Bengals. He made sure to get the football in the playmakers' hands. He didn't try to do too much. I know Dan Orlowski was on with us just a minute ago and said that he can't quite put Ben in the MVP race. I disagree with him there. I think Ben is the reason that the Steelers are 9-0. and Bills at Cardinals. Well, my favorite quarterback of all time is <laughs> Kyler Murray. I think he continues to win games late. Three game-winning drives in the fourth quarter. Two with less than a minute left this season for my favorite quarterback of all time, <laughs> Kyler Murray. You've always what been. A great, what a great guy he is there, Jay Will. <laughs> from day I knew one. you loved him from the beginning. <laughs> from day Kate. one. I've You've been on that one him. from the beginning. Best quarterback in the history of the National <laughs> Football League. He is slowly becoming my favorite quarterback for sure. Broncos and Raiders. Well, that would be the Rams and the Raiders out west, not the Broncos and the Raiders. Don't forget about the Raiders and the Rams out west. You talk about two teams that are sitting at six and three. Remember, when we talked about four teams that could potentially represent the AFC, the Raiders was right there with the Kansas City Chiefs, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I believe I had the Baltimore Ravens in there somewhere. But you look at the NFC, the Rams are sneaky good. I know a lot of people look at the Buffalo Bill loss or maybe even loss to San Francisco. But much like I said, they took care of business against Seattle because they know the Seattle Seahawks and they know Russell Wilson. Seahawks and Rams. Yeah. Seahawks. Man, my guy, Russell Wilson, Uh-oh. started off as the top MVP vote getter, as far as I was concerned, for several weeks. But since then, the last several weeks, he's dropped all the way down to fifth for me. I mean, I got four guys ahead of him. Four guys. Think about that, Zubin. He held on to the number one spot for several weeks, and now we got guys like Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers and Ben Roethlisberger and Kyler Murray in front of him. Unbelievable how things turn, right? He may still not get an MVP vote, right? <laughs> True. Now. <laughs> Jeez. 
Ravens at Patriots. Hey, man, all I can do is say don't forget about Bill Belichick, Jay Will, and the New England Patriots. AFC East people, you better keep your eyes open. Just because you think the Buffalo Bills are going to run away with it, Miami's on Buffalo Hills, and the New England Patriots is on Miami Hills. They all play each other again. Cam Newton is kind of doing what he does best, win football games. That's all that matters. Who cares about the passing statistics? Winning games is important. They took care of business last night against the Baltimore Ravens in a rainstorm. They went out there. Baltimore couldn't come from behind. They went on and won the game. I'm just telling you, don't ever count out Bill Belichick. And he turned on that switch for that rain to come in New England, too. (laughs) Yes, indeed. Ask all those teams that found themselves in very strange situations late in the year in Foxborough. Key observations brought to you by Geico. Whether you rent or own, Geico makes it easy to bundle home and car insurance. Go to geico.com today. On the way, how Justin, excuse me, on the way, how Dustin Johnson did something nobody in Masters history has ever done before. We'll have that as Key's warming up here on the practice range. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Incredible performance. It was a tradition unlike any other, as they like to say at Augusta, and it was a score unlike any other we've seen. They've played the Masters since 1934, and Dustin Johnson's 20-under a score that nobody has ever carded. For more on that, let's bring in Michael Collins, ESPN golf analyst, former caddy, host of the Maddie and Caddy podcast with my man Matt Barry, and his own show on ESPN Plus, America's Caddy. He's doing so much. I'm just happy he could squeeze out five minutes for us this morning. Michael, good morning. So listen, Dustin Johnson has won an event for each of the last 14 years, model of consistency. He's got 24 PGA Tour victories. He's got two majors But tell me why one green jacket solidifies the legacy for a guy that with all those numbers should already have it. Because Dustin Johnson won what would arguably be the second 
hardest tournament to win. And because DJ was also 0 for 4 when leading going into a Sunday of a major championship. Four times. And his, the last one that he had was this year at the PGA in San Fran. He had the lead going into Sunday. Now, he didn't lose it this time. It was Colin Morikawa who just outplayed him at that PGA. But when it comes down to it, DJ had that two-hole stretch where it got real sketchy when he bogeyed number four, number five, and it was like, uh-oh, is, is he going to do this again? Like, it was a one-shot lead. And then making that birdie on six, just the shot that he hit on the par three, sixth hole was so money. It, I mean, it, it basically was DJ saying, yeah, nah, not today. Not, not today. So, I mean, what Dustin has done now has, has definitely elevated him past just the upper echelon of the golfers of today. This guy has won a tournament for 14 straight seasons, which it doesn't sound like much, but it is so almost impossible to do, to win at least once a year, at the minimum of once a year in this sport is just almost unheard of. They're only the greatest golfers have done something like that. And Mike, you know, very similar to how we saw in the NBA Finals with LeBron James, you're playing without fans. How different was it not having any patrons there, you not being able to be on the course? What was the overall vibe like in Augusta? You know, Jay, well, it's, it's funny that you asked that because uh, on the podcast earlier this week, we had Tom Rinaldi. And I, I said, like, you know, Tom's, all of his features that he does is all about feelings, right? Like, usually... If Tom Rinaldi walks in a room, sad music starts playing and somebody starts crying, like even without talking, right? <laughs> so <laughs> he gets so mad when I say that about him, too. <laughs> I love Tom. But I, I asked him straight up, I said, hey, man, like you're the king of the fields. What's this feel like? And he said something so eloquent, and it just was so gut-punchingly true. The patrons at Augusta, Natu- uh, at Augusta National – during the Masters, are the soul of that tournament. So the soul wasn't there. So everyone knew this. you were still getting a green jacket. It still was going to come down to that back nine. But the feel of not having those roars. And earlier in the week, Monday, I had been there. I, w- I was actually in Augusta on Monday and was asking. I was with John Rahm, uh, Ian Poulter, and, and Ricky Fowler. And all three of those guys said the same thing. You know who, what roar is for. Because you know where everyone is on the course on Sunday. Because, you know, these guys know, you know, where everyone's peeing off. So you, if you hear a roar or a groan coming through those trees, you know where it came from. And depending on the volume, you know who it's for. So not being able to hear that completely changed how this master's felt if I don't believe one iota of my being that it would have changed the outcome DJ would this was his and he was gonna win this year regardless but it definitely changed the vibe and the feeling and thank goodness we're going right back there again in April Michael Collins my true real life caddy just so that you know joining us here on Keyshawn Jay Will and Zubin. Mike, um, 
with DJ winning this thing in November and being the number one player in the world, what does this do for the particular sport? Man, and I was going to say, you know, Zubin gave me that amazing intro that I got, you know, 37 jobs. I got jobs like a Jamaican. But he left out the most important job I got at ESPN, and that's being your caddy, Keith. Yeah. So I'm saying, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> come on, man. Throw that out there. Um, you know what this does for the sport? It It is exactly what this sport had to have at this moment. The fact that the Masters was being played in November and that we had – college football and the NFL going on both Saturday and then college football and the NFL on Sunday as well. As much as I know Cameron Smith and I know Sung J.N., right? They're good dudes. Not, I got nothing against them. Cameron Smith, the only guy in Masters history to shoot four rounds in the 60s, and he lost by five. <laughs> but I'll tell you this, if Cameron Smith or Sung J.N. would have won, that would have been a disaster. It would have been a disaster for the sport. The fact that DJ won, and the like, if Cameron Smith or Sung J M wins, y'all ain't calling me, right? <laughs> it ain't leading Sports Center. There's no way. There's no way. It might lead Sports Center Australia, but it ain't leading Sports Center here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, we can laugh because it's true. Like that's the thing. You can say whatever you want, but like if DJ don't win the way that he wins and show his dominance as world number one, we ain't talking about it today. So. That's what it did for the sport. I, the only thing I feel bad about for DJ is the winner of the Masters only gets to keep the green jacket until he stops being defending champ. So while Tiger got to wear the green jacket longer than anybody else in history, because he had it from April of 2019 to November of 2020, if DJ don't win in April, my man's going to be like, yo, I just put this jacket on. What you mean I can't take it back? I can't take it home? I got to leave it here? It's bull. We got to do something different here. So that's the only downside. But I tell you what, I ain't betting against DJ this coming April. Tell you that right now. Mm. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin is presented by Progressive Insurance. Michael Collins is with us on the Shell Penzoil performance line. MC, Tiger Woods, why couldn't he find any consistency in his game, especially after that start after day one? Because it's Mother Nature's fault. When we had that three-hour rain delay on Thursday, when Tiger went out there and shot – for the first time in his career, Tiger shot a bogey-free first round at the Masters. He had never done that before. And everybody was like, yo, Tiger again? For real? And I'm like, calm down, y'all, because this dude is going to have to play a lot of holes on Saturday and the temperature is going to drop. Like Thursday, the temperature was in the upper 70s. And it was perfect. It was humid. So he no problem staying loose. He gets to the course on Saturday, had 26 holes to play, and it was in the 50s. Everybody had long sweet sweaters on and whatnot to start. So you now talk about wet fairways, that super duper hills. Like imagine, you know how when you walk on the beach for a while in the wet sand, even if you're in perfect health, after a while your back is like, yo, how long are we gonna do this, man? I'm getting a little I'm getting a little mad. Right? I don't want I don't wanna do this no more. Well imagine a guy who's turning forty five next month with four back surgeries. Like, no- and when is the last time you heard Tiger admit like, yeah, my back is pretty sore. No no bleep. Like, we saw how gingerly you were getting the ball out of the hole by the end of the day on Saturday, you know, playing 26 holes. And, oh, yeah, instead of being able to sleep in and recover, you get up at 3.45 in the morning again because the first tee time is again on Sunday at, like, 8 o'clock, 7.45 in the morning. I mean, so he never had an opportunity to play 18 holes 
get a full night's sleep of recovery, go through his normal routine to loosen his back up. He just, Jay Will, he never had that opportunity. So that's the only thing we can hope for in April. The good news is because this year was so cramped and so, I mean, I call it COVID golf season. Because we had a COVID golf season, there should have been no expectations on Tiger whatsoever. And now at least he got a chance going into April. He's going to have a normal routine, we hope. Mm. We hope indeed. Michael Collins, golf analyst, podcast host, ESPN Plus host, most important, Keys Caddy, on the way from one of the greatest performances in golf history to one of the greatest endings in NFL history. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.